Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app. Or go to prizepicks.com, and when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I am fired up to be talking with you all on this Monday. Number one, because I'm grateful to be doing so. Number two, because we are closing the book on the month of July. The camera's losing it. It's going crazy. It doesn't know how to act right now. We are closing the book, though, on the month of July. August is upon us, which means kickoff is near. Cannot freaking wait, man. Going to be a lot of fun. Again, 843-790-3377. I want to hear from each and every single one of you. Let's get into these YouTube questions in the meantime, uh, let's see. Jonathan Lee, we got Lang. Do we know if we got anybody else? Or do we help our chances on players we need? Stewart, Hill, even Paler. Uh, again, we'll have J.C. Sherbert on tomorrow to break down everything from the cookout weekend. It sounds like things are going well with Dylan Stewart. It's just a waiting game. Daniel Hill will announce in the month of August. Sounds like things are going well with him. I'd expect Jonathan Paler to pick NC State based off what we've heard. We'll see if that changes. Again, just based off what I've heard the latest, I think Paler is NC State now, which, yes, it is a swing and miss, but it is what it is. Welcome to the recruiting game at NILs. Marion Lang, I think, was a much-needed hit after a couple misses for South Carolina. And, again, a big add as well for the Gamecocks. And, you know, I, I'll say this not to start on a negative note, but it's not negative, but it's just 
you know, I see the people, and I, I simply tweeted, you know, I was just surprised there were no welcome homes over the weekend from Shane Beamer. And I, I think a lot of people feel the same way. It's not like throwing jabs or throwing shade or, or being negative. It's just I was just surprised there wasn't a welcome home of any sort. And, you know, I think people, I think the reaction to me saying that is not because people are mad at me in any way. I think people are frustrated with recruiting. I think that's honestly what it comes down to. You're seeing Tennessee pick up recruits left and right, LSU, Clemson. They're just stocking up in Carolina. It's been a kind of a slow summer. So I think the momentum will find its way back in Columbia. I think South Carolina will get it rolling yet again. You pick up a Stewart, you pick up a Hill, all of a sudden, guys, hey, your overall player rating is, I think, top 10 in the country right now at like a 90.6 something. So I think you're fine. I think you're in solid standing, but, you know, there, there's been some momentum loss, and I think that's wearing on people. And so, listen, I don't take any of the shots people take at me on Twitter personally. I think it's just. People use TSUS as a means of venting their frustration, and we'll always be here for that. But I would say this. I simply just said I was surprised there were no welcome homes. Doesn't mean recruiting isn't on a great trajectory. I mean, if there's one thing under Shane Beamer that I think you can you can feel good about will be taken care of without your worrying it's recruiting. So we will – hey, if Carolina is outside the top 25 in December – I think that's more reason to chatter, more reason to be concerned. Right now, you're still over the number for the blue chip ratio. You're still at a point where your average per recruit is really high. So, But it's been an interesting summer, to say the least, no doubt. Stephanie Lee, back from your cruise. What's going on? Appreciate you tuning in. Arthur Bear, Lang's 40 time is 4.31. Yeah, you want some... Uh, you definitely want some guys that are speed demons like that, Arthur Bear. No doubt. No doubt, indeed. You want some guys like that. Uh, Arthur Bear also says, year in, year out, Kentucky has a trash non-conference schedule, and it's easier for them to get to eight or nine wins. I mean, it is, their schedule, their front half of their schedule is laughable. It, it is. Them and Mizzou both do that, though. Them and Mizzou both do that. So, Austin Gregory, big game boomer, ranks Loggins and White as the 39th best coordinator to do in college football. Hope to see that number jump next year. I mean, yeah, Austin, I just think the the question marks around Dabble Loggins, I mean, they, they are real. I mean, whether you want to believe it or not, they are real. Um, and then Clayton White, I think, is probably a top 25 defensive coordinator. But, you know, even Coach White's got some questions as well. So, I, I think 39th is fair. I mean, BGB's in the list business. That's fine, but I think it's fair. Austin Gregory drops a bomb, says Landon Duck Duckworth is getting a commitment video ready. Expect him to announce in the next couple of days. Landon Duck Duckworth is a quarterback in the 2026 cycle dgd what's going on man excited we'll be talking with dgd late tonight about all things gamecocks football looking forward to chatting with my guy dgd on his airwaves arthur air on the kentucky note says we feel that way because we out recruit them every year we should beat them every year the talent on south carolina's roster is better well, Arthur Bear, it did not happen for quite some time, my guy. It did not happen for quite some time. And whether that was talent, that was development, a mixture of the two, Mark Stoops has had his way with Carolina, it seems. I, over the last decade, let me clarify, which is which is relevant, which is relevant, by the way. It is relevant. But South Carolina has split two and two in the last four. So this will be, listen, this will be, this will be a big one this year in regards to taking control of that series, I think. You got to win a couple in a row against Kentucky to swing that thing back in your favor, in my opinion. So, uh, let's see. Jacob E. says, the reality is that UK has just had a better program since Spurrier's final days. Beamer appears to be moving the needle back to us. Jacob E., that's, again, just something that nobody wants to hear. Flat out. I mean, what? but see, what? here's what's funny about it, Jacob E., is that, like, Gamecock fans think Kentucky, Missouri are below. South Carolina football. Kentucky fans think Missouri and South Carolina are below. Missouri fans think Kentucky and South Carolina are below. So those three fan bases are very similar in that regard, I think. Truly. John Edward simply said, I hate Kentucky. I love it. Andrew the textbook, talking season. Levi Collins said, go catch. We got a Kentucky fan in here. What's up, man? What's going on? Carolina Titan says, Leggett is built like Casey Crosby. Now, that's a name from the past, Carolina Titan. He is somewhat kind of built like Casey Crosby. He is. That's a good comparison. Crypto says, Leggett looks clumsy in years past. Hope he does good. 
I don't know if clumsy is the word to describe it that I would use, but he's just, you know, it's a guy that, again, you feel like has never really lived up to the full potential. And, you know, maybe those final couple of games last year spark him, but it's just one of those things for me, man, where it's like, is he underrated and undervalued and he's on the, the cusp of breaking out or do we need to accept that he is who he is and he's going to be a solid receiver, but he's not going to, you know, be seven or 800 yards. He's just going to be kind of your three, 400, maybe yard guy, which guys, if he hauled in three or 400 yards receiving this year, that'd be his best career season by far, by far. So, Think about the expectations on Xavier Leggett. When you think about it, I mean, I think he can be a nice second guy next to Juice Wells. I, I, I do. I'll give him that. I think he can. And again, I'm not trying to like douse the Xavier Leggett hype, but like I've almost been somewhat surprised the amount of hype that Xavier Leggett is getting just because we've done this before. We've done this before with Xavier Leggett. At least, at least I have. Maybe I've just been wrong. Um, let's see. 76 Gamecock, what's up? Leggett looked terrific last season, particularly down the stretch. I think he sort of found himself in many ways and has the potential to be a big part of what we do this year. Again, that word, 76 Gamecock, potential. You're absolutely correct, but right now it's potential. The biggest thing is we just need to see that go from potential to reality on the football field. That, he's had potential for years. He's had potential for years. Uh, he also says, with Juice Wells garnering so much attention and newcomers at tight end with Knox and Simon, Amari and Browns, able to get Harbor of the newcomers growing into their respective roles. Spencer might have a record year here. He could. He could. And especially when you think about South Carolina, very well could be one-dimensional. No doubt. I mean, no doubt he he could. You know, Spencer Rattler going to be relied on to go win some ball games and throw for a lot of yards and, and carry this football team, I think, at times. Um, 76, I'm curious. What I'm wondering about this Colorado experience with Deion Sanders. Whether things ever truly get going, just based on his health issues. Yeah, he's got that foot thing going on. Yes, Greg Bedinger in the BCC. We, South Carolina did lose five in a row to Kentucky. Since then, the Gamecocks have split the last four. But yes, Greg, to your point, South Carolina has lost seven of the last nine to the Kentucky Wildcats. Again, they're two and two in their last four, but they've lost seven of the last nine. I think the last decade is relevant. If you want to, because here's why I say that. Let me explain it. Here's why I say that. If you want to talk about you own another school or like we own you, we beat you all the time. Beating somebody just one year doesn't give you that. Does it? Doesn't give you that. Uh, you know that 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 honor that that that. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking? That validation, whatever, doesn't give you that. You you can't take ownership of that. Going three and two over the course of five. I mean. I guess it does maybe a little bit, not really. You go seven and three over the course of a decade against somebody, you own them. At that point, you own them until it changes. You go seven and three, eight and two, nine and whatever, you own them. I mean, that's it. It, it, One year is not a sample size. Two years aren't a sample size. So that's why this year against Kentucky is so important because all of a sudden, now you can say, okay, we've won two in a row. We've won three of the last five. You're trending in the right way to take back control in that series. You are. You are. So, and if five years is relevant, Brendan, then well, then Kentucky leads three and two, and I really don't know what you're talking about then. So, I really don't know what you're talking about. So, hey, just saying, if South Carolina loses to Kentucky again and you've lost eight of ten, Kentucky owns you. They, they own you as a program at that point. They, they just do, bottom line. They have full control of the series. South Carolina needs to beat Kentucky, man. They need to beat Kentucky. Let's see. We'll keep it moving. James Kendall, if Beamer can win seven with our quarterbacks, then Saban has no excuse. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> when, you, when you look at 2021, man, what a wild ride that was. 76, I absolutely hate Ohio State, but I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best wide receiver in the country. Yeah, he's a damn good one, man. One of the best players in college football, no doubt. One of the best players in college football, no doubt. 76 says, LSU is going to bust FSU dead in the mouth this year. Won't be any surprises this go around. Yeah, I think LSU is going to get that dub as well. I, I, I fully believe in that. Fully believe in that. 
Madison, game day with the Gamecocks. Indeed, Jeff Gullitz, guys, it's 105 here in Texas. Can fall, please hurry up and get here. Yeah, I had a buddy that lives in Austin. He lived in Austin. He told me it's always a scorcher there. Madison Duncan, what time are you going live after the South Carolina-North Carolina game? Madison, this will be the plan for every game, okay? And this, so of course, for UNC as well. We will watch the game. The game will conclude immediately following the game. I will record my, you know, my post-game reaction video, minute long, whatever. Get that uploaded to social media. As soon as I'm done doing that, we're going live on the post-game call-in show. And so I'd like to think within, I'll say this, Madison, within 10 minutes of the game ending, my plan is to go live with the post-game call-in show. And we've actually got my guy Eric Reese right now working on a graphic specifically for uh, a YouTube template, if you will, a thumbnail, if you will, to promote the call-in show. It'll be simply known as the Spurs Up Show post-game call-in show. We'll have, like, the opponent, whatever. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun, man. The post-game call-in show is going to go crazy. I've got a feeling I'm not going to be able to keep the phone lines from ringing off the hook. I mean, truly. that's, That's my greatest fear. You know what I mean? That's my greatest fear that I won't be able to get to all the calls because the phone lines are going to ring off the hook. Um, Lynn Turner, the Sims have been going, Lynn. You've been missing it. We're 2-2 two and two right now, 1-1 one and one in the simulations. We actually have a Sim tonight, 7 o'clock, against the Tennessee Volunteers. Brendan and Dalton's favorite team. That'll be a good one. A lot of fun. Then tomorrow night, we'll do Florida, and then we'll pick it back up next week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, with, what is it, Mizzou, A&M, and Jacksonville State. So, it'll be a really good time. going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. John Edward, who was the Clemson guy for the opponent preview? We're, we're jumping back on with our friends over at Nachos and Analysis. They do a good job talking Clemson. So, excited. We do have a Clemson guy again jumping on the show. That will air tomorrow. Really looking forward to the conversation. And uh, that will wrap up our opponent preview series, believe it or not. Let's see. Justin Bryant, with having the toughest schedule in the country once again, are fans almost too harsh on this team? If we had an easier schedule, would our seven or eight wins maybe translate to nine or ten, or it doesn't matter? Well, I mean, Justin, listen, I think certainly that, you know, the toughness of South Carolina's schedule, I mean, it definitely plays a factor. You would be naive, Justin, to think that, Strength of schedule does not impact record projection. I mean, it's why you hear so many people say, this team could be better, but have a worse record. I mean, that's something that drives people batty. It's like, how could that be possible? It doesn't make sense. But when you play in the SEC, and you play some of the teams you play, you know, that that certainly factors in. It absolutely factors in. And so, Justin, to your point, you know, people think I'm I'm negative, doom and gloom at times, and a pessimist. I, I don't know, whatever. No, I, I keep things realistic. And for some of you, I keep them painfully realistic where it bothers you. But guys, having realistic expectations and being real about things, it's not unfair. It's not negative. You know what's unfair? You know what's unfair to Shane Beamer in South Carolina football? Picking 10-2 and two for the season. Expecting to win 10 games in year three of his tenure, looking at all the question marks and saying, oh, well, nine and three is our floor. That is harmful to Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks football program. That's not fair. That, my friends, is not fair. It'd be kind of like last year if I would have picked 10 and two and then Carolina goes eight and four. And because we've created this narrative that, you know, anything less than nine and three is not good enough, we would have looked at eight and four as a bad season. Like, you help no one by having unfair, unrealistic expectations. So a lot of what I preach and what I talk about and, you know, why I say, hey, first five years of Shane Beamer, just make bowl games. Win six, seven, eight, whatever. Get to a nice bowl. Win your bowl game every now and then and recruit your ass off. Because I never was expecting an overnight success. I was never expecting an overnight turnaround. And I think it's unfair to Beamer and company. You're not giving enough credit to the mess they inherited, both 
talent-wise and culturally in the building, you're not giving enough credit to that job and what they had to do. So, listen, run wild with the optimism. Run wild with the dreams. But when you start saying things like, you know, you, we got to go 10-2. and two. We, we got to win nine games at minimum or this season's a failure. Like, you know, if we go 7-5, and five, this season's a massive disappointment. Like, I think you're putting unfair expectations on Shane Beaver and company. I, I, I really do. I, I think you are. When you look at this football team and the amount of question marks they have, I'm not saying you're – you know, you're, you're, if you want to pick that, fine. And you feel like the questions will be answered, fine. But deeming that, like, well, if we don't win nine games, the season was a failure. We have to improve on the win total. That's a very slippery slope. That's a very dangerous line you were walking there. And so I, I just, I choose not to set those unrealistic expectations. I choose not, I choose to see it for what it is, not what I hope it to be. Some things are going to work out better than we project. Others are not. And you're going to hear that in my analysis. See, that's the thing about me, guys. I'm going to give you my pick and my prediction. Seven and five. I locked it in. Seven and five, four and four in SEC play. And I'm going to spend the next two months explaining to you why I got to that conclusion. Bottom line. But, yeah, man, I mean, have high hopes and expectations and dreams. Just be fair in the meantime. That's, That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Because you know there's going to be slap dicks out there there are going to be slap dicks that Carolina goes seven and five, and there's going to be somebody out there that set their expectations at nine or ten wins, and they're going to be questioning Shane Beamer after the season. It's just like, don't be that guy. Don't don't be that. Don't be that guy. That's that's where I fall. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, maybe I'm in the wrong. Maybe I'm in the wrong. Just saying. You got to factor that in, though, man. You have to factor that in. You have to factor that in. Anyways, let's keep it moving. Robbie Davis says, uh, who do you think will be the vocal leader of our defense? I think it's a guy like Tonka Hemingway, Robbie. I, I, I think the top three guys, I'll say, there's three levels of the defense. I'll give you the top three guys. Tonka Hemingway up front. I think Mo Caba, obviously veteran guy, returns from injury. And I think in the secondary, you probably look at a Marcellus Dial. You know, Nicky Mawari, I think, still a young player, obviously. I don't know that they're really, they're really looking at him as that dude. But... Uh, I think those three guys on defense could be vocal leaders. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from. Let's see. What's going on, man? How are you? Man, I'm good. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, we can barely hear you, my man. I don't know if your your phone is uh far from your face or what's going on, but I, I can barely hear you in the background. Is that better? A little bit better. Yeah, it's a, it's it's just a it's a little bit faint. So just make sure you're speaking in the mic. We want to hear what you have to say. Obviously. Okay, man. I appreciate you taking my call. Yeah. Um, this is kind of like been on my mind here lately. I know SEC is going to go to a position. I mean, you know, not having divisions. What do you think about? And I just want your opinion. I'm gonna hang up. What do you think yeah. about South Carolina, North Carolina being an annual game? excuse me, like Clemson is to South Carolina. Listen to what you got to say. Thank you so much for taking my call. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for the call. And again, guys, I just wanted to make sure everybody could hear his question when he asked it. Uh, South Carolina, North Carolina being an annual game with the realignment. Could it happen? Would we want it to happen? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. I think it's a really cool, natural rivalry because of, you know, the the Carolinas, the Battle of the Carolinas. I mean, I, I think it's, I mean, when you think about it, guys, the fact it's South Carolina, North Carolina, I'm shocked it's not a trophy game. Like, you would think there'd be some sort of, you know, that's a big thing in college football. And I mean, if 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 we're going to have the the Barham Trophy for A&M and the Mayor's Cup for Mizzou, it only makes sense there's some sort of trophy for South Carolina, North Carolina. Just, I don't know. That surprises me that that's not the case. Um, let's see. <laughs> God. James Kendall says, there should be an award for praying. Is it praying? Oh, there should be an award for praying for breakout performance riders who could call it the Ortray Award. Dude, Ortray Smith was another guy. Every offseason, he got all the hype in the world. And James Kendall was for some of the same reasons. Like, well, he's six foot four. He's going to be a great receiver. He caught that one touchdown pass one time. <laughs> that's, that's funny, though, man. That's hilarious. That's absolutely hilarious. Um, let's see. Good God. I, I you know what? I'm just gonna read this comment. This comes from Frank. I'm gonna read this comment. 
Kentucky, Missouri, and South Carolina are like the ugly fat girls in the bar. They all think the other fat, ugly girls are uglier and fatter than they are. My goodness, Frank, that is one hell of an analogy. That's one hell of an analogy, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, Travi, continue to work on our lines, and we will start dominating Kentucky Mizzou until it happens. It's all lip service. No doubt. Austin Gregory, we could very well go undefeated at home this year. 7-0 at home, Austin. 7-0. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. I'm just trying to think about what are the biggest pitfalls on the home field. You've got your home slate. Furman's a dub. You've got Mississippi State. You've got Florida. Yeah, you really could. I mean, you'd have to beat Clemson. That's the big one at the end of the season. You'd have to beat Clemson. Uh, you know, Kentucky's going to be a tricky game late. Vandy, Jacksonville State, you should handle. So, it certainly could happen. It absolutely could happen. It, it could. I think Clemson's obviously the biggest pitfall in that. No doubt. No doubt. Spider-Man, I feel like Nick Harbour is going to be like Forrest Gump at Bama. Just give him the ball and let him run. Hell of a way to phrase it. Let's jump to the text line here. We do have a text. Let's see. Text says, our veteran heavy team could help take the team to at least 10 wins this season. I also believe Joyner's explosive playability will be showcased at the most this season as RB1. Hey, listen, man. I'll just say this. I'll say this because I, I really do respect all predictions. If you can sit there and you can give me real football reasons why Carolina's going to win 10 games, I respect it. I do. I don't agree with you, but I respect it. I respect it. So, uh, anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. An electric Monday show as we get everything rocking and rolling. Of course, guys, TDC going to be normal this week, noon to 3. A quick update, though, on the TDC front. Um, unfortunately, and I hate to give you this news because it's, it's, it's not good news, but it is what it is. JD Paquel of on three will no longer join our show as a weekly guest. Now, again, we're going to do some work with JD in regards to during the season, getting him on, but talk with JD on three is adding some things to his plate. Another show they wanted to do creating more content. And obviously guys on three is his job, his livelihood. That's how he makes a living. And so I totally understand that, you know, as he adds more to his plate, he's got to allocate the time to do those things and also have a personal life, have his own life, what have you. So there was a conflict of the on three stuff, TDC. So unfortunately, there will be no more J.D. Paquel of on three. We are looking for a guest to fill that Wednesday spot. I got a couple in mind right now uh, that I'm working on and talking with. But uh, yeah, right now, J.D. Paquel, all you need to know is he will not be joining the show every single Wednesday. And Again, I hate it because J.D. was such a valuable asset to TDC, and I thought our segments, I know our segments, were really valuable valuable, and you guys enjoyed, but uh, it's just kind of the nature of the beast, so it is what it is. Justin Bryant says, what would surprise you more, the offensive line performing well or Rattler performing worse? And I'm assuming, Justin, when you say worse, you mean like worse than last year. What would surprise me more? is Rattler being worse than last year. Listen, surprises can happen. If the offensive line is solid, see, and that's the thing. Performing well for me is just be solid. Just don't be an eyesore. Finish inside the top 100 in rushing offense. Dude, I I don't see Spencer Rattler having a worse season than he did last year, man. Because he was abysmal for 90% of it. I I, I don't see... 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions a season ago. I, I I don't think he takes a step back from that, my personal opinion. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Football Frank. Football Frank, what is going on, my friend? And I promise you, you are not being censored. I finally got to your question. What's going on? I'm not even sure I said that. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. What's up, man? How you been? Um, I'm doing good. I just, uh, you know. I wanted to see if I could change your mind on this uh, North Carolina, South Carolina game one mm-hmm. being the most important game of our season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that uh, yeah. I know I'm not even going to, I don't even want to talk about, just talk about the two quarterbacks. I mean, you got Drake May, who's like a heavy favorite for a Heisman. So this whole thing's going to be about the Heisman. He's a heavy favorite for the Heisman. 
And I think uh, if, if he loses that game, he's just going to be shuttled right out of the top 10 and playing in the, in the league he's in. I don't think he's ever going to be able to recover from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also Spencer's way. And I'm not trying to jinx the kid. I love him. Um, he's not in the Heisman conversation right now, but if he wants to get on the radar, he's got to win that game. So it's a tale of two cities, I think for, for, uh, you know, literally, actually for the Heisman Trophy, uh, it's going to be a make or break for both guys. Yeah, Frank, I mean, I, I will say this. It's an important game for sure. The, the only reason I just refrain from making it the most important game is because we've seen South Carolina start slow and, and close out strong. And, I mean, you look at last year. Many labeled Arkansas week two as the most important game of the season. And South Carolina got dragged up and down the field. That game probably wasn't as close as the final score indicated. Hell, I labeled Mizzou right. as the most important. That game was in the middle of the season. I thought there was no way South Carolina would have a successful year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply if they lost to Missouri, and sure enough, you know, we saw what happened. You beat Tennessee, beat Clemson, all is well. So, it's a listen, it's a huge tone-setter game, Frank. It's a game that you need. I mean, I think the big thing is this. Folks want to believe that South Carolina can at minimum reach last year's win total, if not exceed it. And so, in that regard, that is a massive game. Because if you see Spencer Rattler, the offense, come out, the running game looks better than maybe we expected, but Rattler's on point. Juice Wells is Juice Wells. Defense has a great game. Let's say you win that UNC game by two touchdowns. You know, I don't think it guarantees that you're going to go win nine games. But if you lose that game and you look porous in doing so, it all but guarantees you won't win nine games. You see what I'm saying? So, it's almost like Absolutely. you have more to lose than to gain in that game one. You have a lot to gain, don't get me wrong, but I think that's why it's so important to people because it's like, hey, if we win, we're on track, and we can still reach that eight-win mark from last year, if not more. If we lose, all of a sudden, we got to look ourselves in the mirror and, and honestly reset expectations because the path to eight or nine wins just got that much more tougher. Yeah, I think if you lose that first game, your ceiling now is eight. I mean, if you if you win that first game, you can start to entertain all this, you know, garnet glass of stuff about mm-hmm. nine wins and ten wins. But if you do not win that first game, your ceiling is now eight, and you're probably looking at a seven-win or, or six-win season because, you know, we got some tough games to play, and, you know, you can't go drop in game one. And I know Vegas thinks it's a plus three, but – um, you know, I just don't see it. And, and the other thing about the Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky thing, I mean, you know, we got some set of glasses on when you lose four consecutive games to Missouri and you still think you're a better program than them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when, you know, sooner or later you got to say, you know, you are your record. 
You know, Kentucky's been beating us up recently. So uh, other than last year, they've had a, they've had our number. So, you know, like I said, with with that group in the bar looking across going, there's no way we're as ugly as they are. Well, I, you know, Frank, I, and I'll say this. Listen, you beat Kentucky last year. So you have bragging rights. That's great and everything. Speaking specifically like on the Mizzou thing, I mean, listen, you can think whatever you want, think Mizzou's the redheaded stepchild of the league, and you can think that they don't recruit as well as we do. They're not that good. They don't recruit as well as us. But if you are a fan out there trash-talking under the program, when that program is beating your favorite team year in, year out, you just look like a fool. <laughs> you, look, you look like a fool. I mean, there's, you look like a straight-up fool. I mean, you do. You, you, you are someone whose opinion should not be taken seriously. Like, if you're out there saying, I don't right. care if we lose to Mizzou again, we're still better than them, that makes no sense. That makes no <laughs> sense. I mean, I don't think Carolina fans like to hear that back in 10 to 12 when Carolina was beating Georgia three in a row, right? I'm sure Georgia fans felt the same way. We're still better than them, even though Carolina's winning. Ain't no Gamecock fan was wanting to hear that, right? I mean, it, it just, you know, it, it doesn't apply. So, listen, you, you you beat Kentucky this year. I think, obviously, again, you've got that, you've got that thing back on the right track. You've won three of the last five. You know, that's one, again, if, if South Carolina – and I thought one thing that Nick Roush really hit on well that could apply to all three of the schools. You mentioned Kentucky, Mizzou, and South Carolina. Those three, I think, are all kind of similar middle-of-the-pack teams. Just call it what it is. Their records against each other determine what type of program they are what type of season they have. For South Carolina to have a good season, most more often than not, you got to beat Kentucky, Mizzou, and Vandy. Those are games you just have to win. And you got to win them more yeah. often than you lose them. That's why I say over the course of a decade, I don't think five years is enough of a sample size. Give me over the course of a decade. You need to be seven and three or eight and two against these teams over the course of a decade to really be moving up that SEC ladder. If you're sitting there sure. five and five, six and four, four and six, whatever, you know, you're on the same playing field, whether you like it or not. So South Carolina can get back way ahead of Kentucky or jump jump ahead of Mizzou, but you got to win on the field. I mean, that's what counts. I don't care how goofy you win a game. I don't care how goofy you think their coach is or how crappy their facilities are or they're a joke, their schedule. They're beating you. They're beating you. Missouri yeah. is beating you like a rented mule. Kentucky has beaten you a lot more than they should. I don't think anybody would disagree with that statement. So you just got to start beating those teams. I mean, bottom line, you got to start beating those teams and building some streaks against those teams. Definitely, and I think that's that's the problem affecting our, you know, we want to cry about how recruiting has slowed down. I mean, so literally in four years, you got a losing record against Missouri, and a recruiter's looking at that. You know, this, this is a bottom line culture. Like you, you, you got to give me a record that says, "Hey, man, I want to come play there." Yeah, and, and again, that's why this year's so big, man. You get back to eight and four. I think again, you keep that positive momentum on the recruiting trail, convincing these top guys, hey. We're just a key piece or two away, and you can be that guy and, you know, come help us build something special. So I think Shane Beamer's got it in control in recruiting. I, I think it's been a subdued summer, which is the only point I was making this morning that it's like, man, I, I just would have never guessed that the cookout weekend would have happened and we don't get a single welcome home. I mean, granted, I, I know it might be coming weeks down the road, but it's still just – it don't change the fact that it's been a much more quiet summer than I expected. But to your point, Frank, you keep winning on the field. I think South Carolina, the recruiting is going to be fine. All that will be taken care of. You got it. You have a great week. Frank, I appreciate you, man. Always a pleasure. You too. It's football time, man. It's getting rolling. Brian Dean, what's up, my man? Appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much, Brian, for taking the time to jump on. What's up, man? What's up? Uh, Ethan says, to me, the season's shaping up to be very similar to the 2014 year with Dylan. Really good offensive year, but lost a lot in the defense of 2013. Time will tell. Ethan, I don't think there's any way this defense is that bad. Call I'll put it that way. Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Robbie, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing on this Monday? I'm doing fantastic, my friend. I appreciate you asking. What's going on? First things first, I want to give a shout-out to Cody Gaskins. It's his birthday today, so uh, if you're listening, Cody, happy birthday, bro. I hope you have a fantastic birthday. And Shout out to Cody Gaskins. Happy birthday also, to Cody Gaskins, indeed. Yes, sir. And I think 
In my opinion, and I thought about this last night while I watched the um, simulation last night before I went to bed and everything because he was already done with it by the time I started watching it. But um, anyways, I think in the Furman game in week two and the game against Jacksonville State, if if we are absolutely just kicking the ever-loving crap out of the both of them, I would not be surprised one bit if Lenora Sellers or any of the other quarterbacks got any playing time. But I definitely wouldn't be surprised if Lenora Sellers got to go in there for a, a drive or two because he's got to get his sea legs because he this is his first year playing college ball. So I would not be surprised if that were to happen in the Furman game or the game against Jacksonville State. Well, and I'll say – the quarterback – Yeah, I was just going to say, Robbie, and I, I would expect ahead. South Carolina to utilize Lenora Sellers in, at, at different points this season. I, and I will say, though, the – you know, the simulation is a lot of fun. I would not say it is a direct reflection of what will happen this year. For example, last year in the simulation, the simulation had Carolina beating Georgia, and then the Gamecocks lost 48-7 to in real life. So you never know. But, uh, yeah, to your yeah. point, I think South Carolina will exhaust all options to be productive on offense this year. Yeah, I, I, I would say after last year that – this coaching staff is going to do whatever it has to do to put a good product on the field because I can assure you they do not want another repeat performance of what happened last season because we did not get it going until uh, like the week we were preparing for the weeks we were preparing for Tennessee and Clemson. So I'm, I, I am, I am, Definitely, would I would not be surprised if they did whatever they had to do to put a decent product on the field for the fan base mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, I mean, listen, getting the offense and, going so, is the number one priority right now of the Shane Beamer era. B- yeah. Bottom bottom line, because even if you go Absolutely. seven and five, eight and four again, whatever, if the offense is still sputtering. Uh, I don't think people are going to be all that thrilled. Um, Dabble Loggins needs mm-hmm. to prove to be the right guy. He needs to be. The, he needs to prove to be the right hire. And uh, like it or not, you right. know, it, it's it's there is no grace period. He's going to be judged very harshly. Heck, he's going to be compared side mm-hmm. by side with Garrett Riley over at Clemson. Like it or not, that's just the reality, and that's the pressure he faces. And that hire needs to work. The offense needs to work. Spencer Rattler needs to have a big year. The question marks up front need to be answered in a positive way. Juice Wells need to be, needs to be probably a thousand yard guy. Like the offense as a mm-hmm. whole needs to be productive. Too many times last year it was it was dead. It sputtered. It looked out of out of sync. It was it was ugly. It was just flat out ugly. And you know, people yeah, as and- much as they want to win, they don't want to win ugly. Like people don't don't want to win ugly forever. I mean, I'd much rather take an ugly win than a pretty loss. But like at some point. It wears on people when you're just so bad offensively. So, without a doubt, Robbie, to your point, mm-hmm. getting the offense going, that's priority number one for Beamer and company this year. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and like I've said before, if this if, – if, if the Dowell Logan tire does not work, all eyes are not – they're not going to be solely on Dowell Logan. The eyes will start to start to shift towards Beamer. They're going to start thinking to themselves, can this guy actually hire a decent OC that can at least have us be competitive year in and year out? And we still don't, and like, and we, and like I've said before, we don't know. We won't know until September the 2nd if Dowell Loggins is the guy. Well, you know, listen. I'll Ball say this: I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think one game is is going to define what Dowell Loggins is. But it's an important game. I mean, for sure, because the defenses will mm-hmm. only get better, and uh, we all know that. But you know, I'm not yeah. going to sit here and say if they don't score 40 in Week One, he's not the guy. But uh, 
I mean, listen, it's an important game. And again, there, there's no there's no grace period for Dowell because I think everyone's expecting them to just pick up where they left off at the end of last year and and, and just score, you know, 63 points against UNC, against Tennessee, and just keep it rolling. And, you know, I hope that happens. I yeah. really do. I, I hope there's fireworks from the jump. I hope they hope they run out of fireworks, you know, at the at the Furman game. And I, I hope that happens, man. I, I really hope that happens. But only time will tell, to your point. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Well, that's all I got. I'm going to go ahead and get off here and give other people a chance to call. That's all I have. Robbie, you're the man. I appreciate you calling in, brother. Always great to hear from you. We'll talk this week. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. great stuff. Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Always a pleasure to hear from him. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this. I'm, I'm not. But Brennan M., Big Cock Club Discord. Loggins will be compared to Riley as long as you keep making the comparison. Brendan, do you actually think that I'm the only one? Do you do you do you think that Gamecock fans don't keep up with the rival? You do you not? Do you think they don't compare and contr- dude? That is so far removed from just a me thing. You know what I'm saying is accurate. Gamecock fans on a weekend week out basis, they pull for Carolina and whoever's playing Clemson, and they don't follow the hey. They follow Carolina, and guess who they follow the second closest? Which team do Gamecock fans follow the second closest? Clemson. Clemson football team. And vice versa. Clemson fans, they follow the Gamecocks, the second most to their Tigers. So don't give me that nonsense of, oh, well, you're the one. Dude, I could say nothing, and that'd be the case. I went to lunch yesterday with our guy Dave Garrick, and one of the first things he brought up was, you know, Dowell Loggins is going to be compared to Riley. Like, I'm far from the only one saying that. Fans are saying that. When when Garrett Riley was hired by Clemson, it was fans on Twitter that were freaking out about it. It was far from just me. So, miss me with that nonsense. Miss me with that nonsense. Anyways, 843-790-3377. Uh, Brian Dean, Loggins was a great hire. I hope you're correct, Brian. I hope you're correct. Good hire. Good hire. Better than Sat, which is really all that matters. Um, let's see. Again, guys, taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Andrew, quick. Actually, let's jump to the phone lines real quick. Let's jump call to this from. call. Peyton. Here we go. Peyton, what's going on, my man? How are you? Good about yourself, Chris. What's going on, Paul? I'm doing fantastic, man. I appreciate you asking. Just excited to be here. What's up? So, uh, I hadn't heard anything, any rumblings about Dylan Stewart in quite a while. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to get impatient. I, I, <laughs> I have, we have plenty of reason to be faithful. We have plenty of reason to be faithful. However, and it's Gamecock bad luck. There's always a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I'm getting a little scared about Jonathan Taylor as well. And I think, uh, I really don't think we can afford to lose those two guys. I mean, we got such a firm grasp on on Dylan Stewart. He's been on campus, I think, um, close to ten times now, and I, I think we got to seal the deal pretty soon. Mm-hmm. What do you think? So I'll start with the Dylan Stewart thing, and, and based off all accounts, everything we heard again, JC Sherwood will join us tomorrow and give us a full breakdown of the cookout weekend recruiting, everything going on. I mean, I would say the Gamecocks are still in good standing with Dylan Stewart. Um, I think Dylan Stewart's commitment is something that's just going to come down to the wire, man, between the Gamecocks, Ohio State, Miami seem to think they have a chance. I think NIL is a factor in this recruitment, but I think South Carolina is in a good spot. Now, Jonathan Paler, I'll tell you this, Peyton, I think you have reason to worry. I think he's going to NC State. I, I, unless something changes based off what we heard, I think he is Wolfpack bound. I think he is NC State bound, so Paler – you know, it sucks to lose out on him because you've led for the most part. And, again, this is not just a guess I'm making. I mean, J.C. Sherbert talked about this last week. He was at – Paler was at NC State over the weekend. Um, but I think Stewart, the Gamecocks, are still in a pretty good spot. You know, there were other guys on campus as well. Jalewis Solomon made it to campus. That was a big one. Uh, Jonte Gilbert, who decommitted from Ohio State. That was a big move over the weekend. Could spell good things for South Carolina – but, uh, you know, and then, of course, Daniel Hill is a guy that we're expecting, you know, his commitment date comes up in the month of August. I'll tell you this, Peyton, to what you said, though, in the beginning. I don't blame you at all for the patience growing thin. 
it's not because you're saying Beamer's doing a bad job or you're, you know, you're, you're attacking right, right. their efforts. You're just normally June and July is when this program has most made the most movement in recruiting. And we haven't seen that this year. And again, so it's not that like anybody's doubting that come December, the guys that we need will be there, that South Carolina needs will be there, but they haven't made that type of mute. They haven't made that type of noise that they've made over the past couple of years over the summer months. And that's just reality and that's okay, but it's just the reality. So you need to land Dylan Stewart. You need to land Hill. Uh, again, unfortunately, I think Jonathan Paylor is, is bound for NC state. And, you know, beyond that, you just can continue to build a recruiting class. But I mean, listen, man, again, just keep it a buck. Just keep it transparent. Nobody's having a lot of fun right now watching Tennessee and Clemson and some of these other schools, LSU, Auburn, pick up these big-time commitments. And South Carolina, it feels like, has been stagnant. And you don't have to take my word for it. The Gamecocks rank outside of the top 25 right now in recruiting. So you tell me – I mean, that doesn't mean they're going to finish there. That's I mean, Alabama was outside the top 25 at one point, and they're Alabama. They're back in the top five. But, like, I understand the the – it's hard to be patient, but I guess we just have to do that going into August, and hopefully a couple of big pieces land soon here for Carolina. Yeah, and uh, and to add to your point, um, you know, June and July they, they've usually been they've usually been crop points for us, mm-hmm. and, and the momentum the momentum just just kind of ceased almost. Mm-hmm. Now we've we picked up some we picked up some solid guys. We picked up some three stars. Some some guys that were three stars at the time of commitment that earned a fourth star. And, and so that, that's always good to hear. But these potential flagship guys, mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta start landing some of them. And I and I really hope that some that I really hope some of it'll be soon. And um, and like you said, you know, I'm not I'm not attacking the, the recruitment methods. I'm not attacking Shane Beamer or the Carolina program as as recruiters because they've obviously done a great job thus far, but it's the, the waters have started started to become a little stagnant. And uh, I think we need to start making making a little more waves here to close this recruiting class out. Yeah. And, and of and, course, and, you know, it's, it's Well, I was just, I was just going to say this, Peyton. You don't have to explain yourself to me, but unfortunately you have to explain yourself to a lot of folks out there who think any any just slightly critical thing you say is like you're, you're a hater or whatever. I mean, I think you're just speaking openly and freely, and I welcome that. So I promise you I won't, I won't preface anything you say with that again, but I just want you to know, like, I hear where you're coming from. I think the perspective is fair, and you know, I think anybody else is just trying to paint a sunshine and rainbows type of type of scenario. And and you know, we're I I just think it comes from a status. It comes from a it comes from a feeling of not not angst and anger, but just wanting to see the best and and just you know wanting it to happen now. You know what I mean? Like bad doctors and That's football right, yeah. fans, we we have both have no patience. That's what we have uh, in common. So. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, p- apply pressure. I believe in applying pressure. Do so. Pressure makes diamonds. And there's pressure to recruit. There's pressure to get these guys right now. You had this hot start. You've fallen off. You need to finish strong. Like, there should be pressure. You know, the Gamecocks landing Dylan Stewart, that, uh, that's just one you got to have, man. You, you got to have him. Uh, yeah, that's – you got to get him. There's a couple of guys – Daniel Hill, you got to get him. You got to get Edge. You got to get running back. There's a couple guys you got to get. I think those two are, are top of the line for sure. And, uh, and I think if, uh, if if guys like that fall through, I, I just think um, it, it'll be a big punch in the gut to a lot of hopeful Carolina fans out there that had that had all this hope coming in, and we're going to keep the momentum going, and we're going to take it to another level, and we're going to do this and win eight games and do all this other stuff. I mean, it's it's only going to make it harder to to keep winning consistently if you don't nail these five star guys down. And we you know we we nailed the big fish last year, Nick Harbor. But we need to land two. You know, we need to land two or three, and that because that that'll be the difference maker. Come 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 October, come mm-hmm. September, November. You know, have, have your stars shine, and you got to have big stars to do it in the SEC. And I will say, Peyton, on a last note, that that is the that is something that adds pressure to this season because I think there are a couple of guys that you know you go out and win nine games. I I think there's a couple of guys out there that might commit somewhere else that. They might rethink yeah. that decision. You know what I mean? If they see like, man, like South Carolina, they're really on the rise. They're, you know, they're doing big things. Like I can go there and man, like next year, my year as a freshman or definitely my year as a sophomore or junior, like we could be, you know, competing for a playoff or whatever. So, you know, there, there's, yeah. there's pressure all over the place, man, which again, it's, it comes with it when the SEC, it's just nature of the beast. But uh, 
I mean, listen, I hear everything you're saying on the recruiting side, man. So we'll see if they can get it going. Yeah, yeah man, I appreciate it, Chris. I, I'm going to head on back into work here, man. Thanks for the up show. Go Cox, man. Appreciate Peyton, it. Peyton, go Cox. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for the call. Great stuff. Great stuff from Peyton. I appreciate the perspective. And, again, guys, it does not make you a bad fan if you're a little bit frustrated with recruiting right now. It's not fun watching Clemson land guys and Tennessee land guys and those guys being the top ten. Is that fun to you? That's not fun, especially when Carolina was there at one point and they are nowhere near there now. So, need some guys to boost this class back up, top 15. At minimum, you got to finish with the top 20 class. Uh, I say our good friend. The, the, the amount of times he calls me a slap dick, I wouldn't know. Uh, Brennan M. says, apparently Carolina is now 20th in recruiting. Is that via 24-7? And it might be. I, I did not honestly look at it after Zymerian Lane committed. So, Either way, the Gamecocks, huge month of August upcoming with some of those guys out there right now. Let's see. Getting back into your questions, Austin Gregory, if we were to go 11-1, and one, which game would you prefer we lose? For me, it's North Carolina. I mean, I, I get why you say that, Austin, because if you lose to UNC and go 11-1, and one, you won the SEC East. Um, I don't know, man. If you go 11-1, I'd probably agree with you, Austin. Let's let's make things fun. Let's go eleven and one, but lose to Furman. I'm down with that. Uh, okay, Travi. By the way, to answer your question, are we outside of the top twenty-five in recruiting? We are twenty-fourth in the twenty-four-seven sports rankings, twentieth in the on-three rankings. So between twenty to twenty-five, depending on which service you look at. Brian Dean. It seems to be all about NIL. Players are going to follow the money. NIL is a big factor, Brian. There's no question. It is a very big factor, no doubt. Uh, he says Sam Hartman jumped from Wake Forest, Notre Dame for more exposure and notoriety. I mean, it's again, man, it's, it's, it's the nature of the beast. I mean, you can complain about NIL all you want, but I don't know if you saw Spencer Rattler posted a picture on his Instagram story with a new G-Wagon. Somebody literally gave him a new G-Wagon. So, Carolina is benefiting from NIL. <laughs> like, they are. They are. So, maybe not as much as some other schools, but they are. So, uh, let's see. John Edward, keep Under Armour instead of going to Jumpman. I disagree with you completely. That's fine. Uh, John, I'm going to answer your question for Friday. I would rather beat Clemson than Georgia right now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fair enough. Travi, we definitely need some welcome homes. Yeah, Travi. I mean, that's, listen, that's, that's not even a hot take. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. If you don't want some welcome homes, I don't know what you're doing. I tell you who's crushing it, by the way, in recruiting, and you can make all the jokes you want and, and, and throw stones and whatever. That's fine. Get your, get your shots in while you can. But I tell you, man, what Hugh Freeze is doing at Auburn, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised either. Like Auburn, excuse me, Hugh Freeze, he's recruited everywhere he's gone. He's recruited well everywhere he's been. He's won everywhere he's been. So, I, I tell you guys, I think the way that Auburn's recruiting, I mean, you look at that program. I, I saw Jake Crane talking about this morning. When when Auburn's in alignment, they can be a big-time program. I mean, if that's the case and they've got the guy and, and, and they're flipping guys from Bama getting five stars, dude, all of a sudden, all of a sudden. But, again, guys, I, I, I just, you know – I understand. Listen, I get it. I, I I get it. When it comes to the recruiting space, we're going to close out the show with this. When it comes to the recruiting space, listen, I've learned my lesson. I totally understand, right? I learned very early on that you cannot be critical in any way in recruiting. You, you cannot. F fans do not receive it well. And what I mean by being critical in recruiting, like the way that you analyze commitments or pickups, like, there's plenty of room to analyze and say, this kid's a diamond in the rough. This kid's a, he's going to be a star. He's going to be a stud. There's plenty of room for that. There is no room, and I've never heard someone from 24-7 or on three or rivals, I've never heard them, a, a commitment happen and them go, 
ah, you know, he, he's, he, he has a chance. You know, I don't expect much from the guy. I'll be surprised he makes an impact. You know, probably going to be a good fit for the football team, but does he really make an impact? Ah, we'll see. You never hear that. You, you never hear it. And then speaking on recruiting critically in the sense of, hey, you're not doing well enough. X team. I'm not talking about South Carolina. I'm just saying in general. Hey, what's wrong with this team? Why aren't they recruiting better? What's going wrong at this place? You cannot speak on it that way. Recruiting in this weird way is built on either speak on it positively or don't speak at all. And again, I've learned my lesson. I've learned my lesson. I like recruiting. I think it's cool. It's the lifeblood of college football. It's the lifeblood of athletics. I get it. But I think that's probably why I don't cover recruiting as much because it's lather, rinse, repeat. You get a three-star, he's a diamond in the rough. You get a four-star, he's a great player. You get a five-star, he's the next greatest Gamecock ever. Like, that's all it is. That's the analysis. That's where it ends. That's basically where it ends. Maybe not every three-star is a diamond in the rough. Not every four-star is going to pan out. Not every five-star is the next best thing. I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm just, you know, you can't even say something like, man, it's been a while since Carolina's got to welcome home. What's happened? What are they not doing that Florida's doing? Here's like third in the country in recruiting right now. Tennessee's moving up. Clemson's moving up. You, if you just even acknowledge that, the, the, the low-hanging fruit, the common sense, people lose their minds. It's not hitting the panic button. It's not questioning Shane Beam or anything. It's, it's just, you know, Carolina has fallen off since April. They have. The rankings reflect it. Now, they can get back on. They can get back on track. Hey, that's the beautiful thing, guys. We haven't reached signing day. We have not reached signing day. So, South Carolina can get Dylan Stewart. They can get Daniel Hill. Hell, they could flip Jonathan Taylor. Heck, I don't know. There's plenty of guys out there. Jalewis Solomon. Like, they could go get some of these guys. It's not over. The race is far from over. But, like, do you blame people for being antsy? Do you blame people for, you know, losing patience? Like, we've gone the whole summer, and I mean – you know, Carolina's picked up some guys like uh, the, the Johnson kid, Fred Johnson at linebacker, and the Matthew Fuller kid at running back who have gone from three stars to four stars. And that should be acknowledged, by the way, right? Like, that should. Great job on the staff by identifying that those guys were undervalued. Guy like Zymerian Lang, who you just picked up over the weekend. Hey, a guy that runs a 4-3-1 in the 40. A lot of folks are high on him. Good job. But, love it or hate it, People look at the rankings and they go, what, why is Carolina 24th? Aren't they just fifth? Even why are they 20th? Weren't they fifth like three months ago? What's happened? That's not being negative. It's not being a bad fan. It's not attacking Beamer. It's just being real about the situation. The best news, though, is it can change. It can still change. You go land Dylan Stewart alone and that right there, boom, you're right back at the top of the college ball world, the recruiting landscape. You're right back on top. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, nobody wants to hear objective analysis on recruiting. They, they don't. They don't. They, they, they might say they want to, but no, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. Because you, you don't want me to start going out there and, oh, Carolina got this pickup in the portal. They got this, they got this pickup from this three-star. You don't – nobody wants to hear objective analysis because I've done that once, and damn it, I, you know, that, 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 that backfired. Did not go very well. And so I learned my lesson. So I refrained completely, and again – Everybody that chooses to be a Gamecock should be celebrated. And even I say that, though, and in the world of NIL, though, many guys are getting paid to come to your school. So that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day, folks. <laughs> that's, just a, that's a whole different convo for a whole different day. And I'm going to leave it at that. Anyways, guys, hey, fantastic Monday. Content's electric. Again, appreciate each and every single one of you. Always a blast. Thank you to Mark Rogers for taking the time in hour number two. Great stuff, hour number one. And you guys, of course, filling up the time with questions, comments, calls, injecting the value that you do each and every single day. I cannot say thank you enough. Of course, TDC rocking and rolling all, re- all week long. Normal time, noon to three. Excited to get back in our position unit preview series tomorrow as we talk wide receivers. We'll close out the opponent preview series tomorrow talking the Clemson Tigers. 
And of course, guys, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, hit that bell icon so you get notifications of when we go live. And also, of course, hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We drop the podcast on a daily basis. Guys, that'll do all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.